Toasties looking for entertainment this weekend can catch the next Aquarius event on the District Green on Howard Avenue in downtown Biloxi. Join Jason and I Sunday, 5 p.m. as we guest host an open mic for musicians of any experience level. You can also look forward to a couple of new music videos Aquarius is producing this week in tandem with the directing talents of Astro Clown Productions. Follow Aquarius on Facebook and Instagram to keep up with their latest projects or to contact them about bringing yours to life. And as always, a very special thank you to our Patreon supporter, Mr. Ernie Kenimer. Let's start the show. It is Wednesday night here at the Open Bikers Podcast, and I am ready to do this show. My name is Jason Robbins. I'm that cute new little Stay Puff Marshmallow man, Jacob Craig, <laughs> and our guest tonight, you guys already know him if you watch our show, he is the triumphantly returning co-host of Burning the Set List, Mr. Compton J. Smith is here, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing, Compton? Doing good. How are you boys tonight? Sound excellent. Doing good. Hey, um, I think your, um, your Bluetooth in the car might have picked up the phone because you sound a little echoey. Let's see if I just turn this off. If that gets better, hang on. Yeah, don't don't want to, don't want to be echoing all over the now. place. Oh, that's much better. Now you that's sound silky smooth. Oh shit! Baby. Now I can't hear you. Good uh, God, what's happened to the world? <laughs> Things have gone horribly wrong. There you go. All right, awesome. all better. Now you sound yeah. silky smooth. Nice. Well, and uh, I know we're uh, we're on a clock, so I remember from last time. I'm going to treat this like a tight five. <laughs> Let's get yeah. to it. Where do you want to this start? is the tight five of podcasts. All right, like so this. where we left off last time, we were supposed to talk about how you got your balls in Jacob's face. So we need to we need to go into that story before we do anything else. Let's just open with it. Let's yeah. put it out there. Straight like out balls okay. in my face. Uh, well, I am used to other people telling this story, um, but I'll give you the short version. Um, we were hanging out back of the juke joint uh, after comedy open mic and uh, many people ask because I wear the kilt all the time if I wear anything under the kilt because to do so is inappropriate it's kind of like calling somebody out <laughs> and um, Krangus decided he had had just enough beer that he wanted to, uh, to find out if I was a poser or not and my way of handling that question is to uh, force people to indignate themselves at my expense uh and uh so i offered him the same thing i offered everybody else that asks hit a knee reach up there and find out to wit he did and um, the shock and surprise uh along with the horrible noises that came out of his face uh as he found out the truth um made for quite a sight and in his shock and awe, well, I take Jacob, it. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I take it because of you know the way you, with your beard and your hair and everything. I take it you're not not one for manscaping down below. Oh, oh no, it's yeah. The carpet <laughs> matches the curtains for sure. <laughs> so, Krang is in disbelief and uh, abhorred by his mistake. Uh, finds the first thing near his hand. Uh, which happened to be Jacob's face as he had just walked out. And so Krangus proceeded to wipe his hand all over Jacob's face. And by proxy, 
teabags Jacob for me. Yep. <laughs> and he didn't just like pick my cheek. He went right from my nose down my mouth. <laughs> so I could taste Compton's balls. I there's a difference between like sweat salt and ball salt. Uh. I'll tell you that right now. I almost threw up, dude. Like I'm not homophobic or anything, but I don't want another man's balls in my mouth. Yeah. I almost puked everywhere, dude. Uh. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Why they that call was... them blow jobs. Yeah, it's a job. It's a job. Uh, that, that's the story we've been blue balling everyone with. Nice. For over a month now. It's finally out in the open. I yeah. know you do that as a bit too. I didn't mean to ruin your bit. Nah, it's all right. Uh, it, the bit it only goes well when one of the two or you or both are in the room. So I do yeah. it rarely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. So but tell I know that. Oh, I'm sorry. You go, go ahead. I, I got a question when you're done. Okay, uh, I just, I know that since the last time we talked, me and you have talked because I was on your podcast, Burning the Set List. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, tell everyone about the, the podcast that you started since the last time we talked. Oh, okay, so Burning the Set List is the governor, who is a Mobile Biloxi comic, uh, and myself, that um, he had, the, the long story is he had asked me to do a podcast with him and a friend of his, a guy that I had met once and that shit fell apart real quick. So governor and I started talking. I've had the idea to do something along these lines, you know, comics and their material for a while. I've been batting it around. Um, and governor and I were looking for something more entertaining than the option with the third guy. So we decided we'd just make a stab at it. We've got a buddy of mine that helped me put together and uh, was the driving force behind the pirate radio station that I had. And um, we called him and, and learned how to produce some stuff on a mid, mid-tier level is kind of where we're at right now. But gearing towards and putting ourselves in a position to be able to produce, you know, all the high quality stuff that you see and be able to keep up with the big dogs uh, like you guys. And oh, um, <laughs> hey, I've I've seen your YouTube channel. It looks good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, Governor and I wanted an excuse to do something. And so during the quarantine, when I moved back from Colorado and was kind of settling in, looking for stuff to do from the farm, it was a perfect option. I figured, well, I've got the gear. We might as well go ahead and do something with it. And uh, yeah, just been kind of rolling with it since then. We're we're still kind of figuring out exactly what it's going to be because right now. One of the aspects of it is we do the thing like we torture comics because mm -hmm. we force comics to do the thing we all hate doing, which is reviewing our own material. <laughs> and uh, so the, the fiery background is pretty appropriate, but we're still figuring out all the things that we want it to be. And uh, and, you know, kind of letting it decide what it wants to be as well. So it, it's fun. We're in the very beginning phases. So speaking of the governor, he's going to be uh, on a road trip with me and Jacob coming up uh, this That's Monday, true. actually, going oh, to, uh, where are we going? I forgot. <laughs> That's not this Monday, silly. That's next Monday. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, oh, yeah, it is next Monday. Uh, never mind. And we're it's going the, to uh, Coastal the... County Brewing Company in yeah. Pensacola. The 19th. Yeah. The 19th. I was, I was there a couple of weeks ago. It was a lot of fun. You guys are going to have a blast. Kirby Hullett and Matt Mosley. Uh, are are handling that show and uh both both incredible guys you guys are gonna have a lot of fun 
Hell yeah. I can't wait to be in a, in a car with the governor so I can finally find out what he exactly he is the governor of. And I think it might be Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> that was true. That was true before he lost all the weight, for sure. <laughs> we got to get him on the show, weight. huh? Come on. He didn't lose that much weight. How much Dude, weight did he really lose? You've only seen him next to that plant. Trust me, man. He At, a, at one point, it looked like he was going to blow away in the wind. I think really? he's leveled off. But, uh, yeah, he lost, like, nearly 50 pounds, if I'm not mistaken. Cocaine's a hell of a wow. drug. <laughs> what was what was your question earlier that you wanted to ask? Oh Compton, yeah. Jason? Um. So, uh, you are now officially a farmer. I, I see. Uh, yeah. Tell me about yeah. all that. Like, what your plans are. And I saw that you were thinking about running for office in Alabama too. So. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Well, uh, you know, uh, the office thing. That's the short. That's a short story because. Uh, one of my uh, anti-heroes in life is uh, Hunter S. Thompson. Mm-hmm. And that's something that he notoriously did. He ran for uh, sheriff uh, in his little tiny town that he lived in in Colorado and uh, created a ruckus. And uh, it was pretty, pretty amusing. Uh, so I dabble with the thought, but I don't like paperwork. So yeah. me and public <laughs> office probably not going to go too well together um the only kind of paper you like is the kind you roll yeah yeah but i I do i i I do entertain the idea of holding public office just in the interest of doing something good for the community and god knows alabama is uh you know just so far so far behind yeah uh, popular culture if you want to call it that i don't know Mm. but for a long time the south has been mired in the past and uh at some point at some point, I have to stop saying somebody should go be good leadership and just go be good leadership. But that's probably not going to happen because I'm too selfish. Um, and that is the segue into me being a farmer. Um, the, the farming thing came about. It actually started as an idea years and years and years ago uh, with my family being from there and um, me living in a couple of different places and moving around. Uh, grew up in Mobile, graduated high school in Cincinnati. Did some time in uh, here in Tuscaloosa, where I am tonight, for uh, grad school. And it all kind of was proximal to Demopolis. But Demopolis is such a small town that there wasn't really anything for me to do there. I didn't want to get stuck in Demopolis. But having the family property, we have some timber property that, uh, that we you know, take care of and, and want to keep. Uh, but wanting to keep stuff in the family for the, uh, the nieces and nephews and uh, have always had an interest in keeping that farm alive and eventually making it productive um, or, you know, more productive than the timber company. So um, that was a thought years and years and years ago, about seven years ago, where what could we grow uh, on the farm just to, uh, to turn a profit, you know, and uh, started thinking about things like lavender and there are a few other semi-exotic things that pull pretty good money uh but in 2017 when alabama uh started considering the hemp industry then things started to to shift around so what had been a 10-year plan um which would have allowed me to spend a couple of years out in colorado thanks to the pandemic uh that became a five-year plan uh so the idea was always to eventually 
have a business based on the farm so that I could do comedy uh, and travel from Demopolis um, and uh, make enough money to travel for comedy. Um, and it ended up being him because right now that's the, the best cash crop you can get. I've been an advocate and wanted to be involved in that industry for a long time. Couldn't get in through other avenues conveniently. So finally just decided, oh, let's do this. I've got the resources. I've got the, the wherewithal. And um, so put a lot of things on hold, put a lot of the comedy production company stuff on hold um, just to, to do this. But it's kind of a retirement plan for me. Um, getting to the point where I could have a business that makes enough money for me to keep doing comedy and not have to stress about getting paid is the, the long term goal. And having a viable business that is insular and security for the next generations of my family uh, are part of the big picture. And I like how I you're talking about doing a hemp, having a hemp farm, and then all of a sudden there were like blue and red lights and a siren behind. I you. noticed that too. There were red lights on your forehead, and I was about like, "We are filming yeah. the crime." Uh, well, that's kind of how they feel about uh, about hemp in Alabama. There. So how do you, how do you go about like what kind of like? I mean, would you have to have like permits? Like, how do you go yeah. about doing that? especially in a place like Alabama, because you guys are like, you got Alabama. I mean, you guys are the Mississippi of, of the South. <laughs> yeah. We, we are. We are. Um, and if it weren't for you guys, we wouldn't get to be included in the South. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're the Florida of the South. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the process in Alabama is there's, there is stringent regulation, but that is true with every corporate entity uh, like the government has become. They want to keep track of stuff. And uh, from their standpoint, they're doing their best to understand what's going on as well as make it a viable option. But because there is a lot of attention on hemp and cannabis in the states right now, uh, especially in the south, um, regulation is thick. So the application process for Alabama, it, and this is all public information if anybody's curious on getting in, but you've got to start. Um, my application had to be filed in November for my license. Um, I had to have people come out and uh, confirm all of the survey sites for the GPS coordinates for the grow location. Um, all of the transactions that have to do with uh, cannabis or hemp material are documented. Uh, so it is a very, very thick process. Um, sure. With, from the state side, they just want to know what's going on and try and figure out, you know, everything that's safe and cover their ass. Um, but it is <clears throat> as thick as it is, it is very doable. It is a great opportunity for Alabama and Alabama farms because it is the best cash crop the uh, country has seen in quite a long time. So with so, ha with having a farm like that, I mean, do you have to have like round the clock security to keep people from like sneaking in? I mean, how does how does that work? Because because pers personally, I've thought about like you know my family has a lot of land out in in rural <laughs> Mississippi, and I was like rural. And I was like, man, it wouldn't be awesome to have like a hemp farm. But I'm like, man, it, it just seems like you'd have to have like security and stuff to, to keep people out. 
Uh, well, thankfully, because I live on a compound uh, way back in the middle of nowhere, um, you'd be hard pressed to get to the hemp fields before you got uh, much past the gate. Hmm. Um, so it is not required by Alabama law at the moment that you have to have very stringent security, but it is recommended. Uh, it is a valuable crop and um, people have messed with them in the past. And uh, everybody takes their own security measures, but I live in a place that is remote enough uh, that strangers don't show up without somebody noticing. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I imagine Demopolis is like Van Cleve on steroids. You know, someone <laughs> drives by your driveway. You're like, who the fuck is that? It is 8 p.m. at this hour. People are driving at this hour. Well, we live uh way down the dirt road miles down the dirt road yeah and, and uh there's only one other person that lives past us so um yeah no there's nobody there's no vehicle that comes through my road that i don't recognize yeah i was yeah, gonna I've been say in that neck of the woods before <laughs> man and it is it is for sure the epitome of country yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i imagine but, if, so, uh, if any car you know, like you're going to get noticed if you go down that road with, uh, if yeah. you're not from there. Well, I mean, we're so far, we're so far out in the woods, which is what I love about it. It's the thing that, that scared me about the farm was the isolation and wanting to be around culture. Uh, and now being an old man, I enjoy it, but <laughs> we live so far out that I can hear you coming, uh, long before I even see your headlights. So yeah. it's, it's quiet. It's way out there. Um, but you know, it's something to, to keep an eye on. Of course we have security, so I can see all of that stuff. Um, and as of course my business plan is like everybody else in the business is to be able to produce both CBD and THC once that becomes legal. And when you start talking about t security for THC versus CBD, that's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. And, um, that's when you start getting barbed wire and shit like that. So is it a Get whole, like, I'm kind of dumb when it comes to, uh, to plants. So is it like, is it a completely different kind of plant that you're growing? Like it doesn't, doesn't have THC in it. It's just strictly for like hemp products or, and, or is it, I, I don't understand. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure it out. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, it's cannabis. Uh, it is a cannabis plant. Um, it is, uh, a very specifically uh, modified cannabis plant so that they call hemp, uh, which hemp is traditionally referred to as the, the male cannabis plant. And the female cannabis plant is the one that has the flowers that you smoke. Ah, okay. So hemp is traditionally used uh, because the male plants will grow taller and have much longer stalks with much less flowers. So the, the stalks are used for cordage. Um, you can take the, the outside layer off of the, the hemp stalk and use it uh, for fiber, just like you do wood pulp or, uh, or wood fiber. Um, and that's where you get all the plastic products and stuff like that. Um, the other thing that you get from hemp is you see it a lot in grocery stores where hemp seed uh, is actually uh, a, a great source of nutrient. Yeah. Um, you can buy it with a flax seed and all that good stuff. Yeah. So those are those are the other two primary reasons for the uh, for the hemp crop. But the CBD hemp that we grow is a very specific, genetically 
monitored cannabis that has a very high concentration of CBD and a very low concentration of THC, which is the opposite of what you see in Colorado and like legalized marijuana are these the cannabis plants that have very high concentrations of THC, very low concentrations of CBD. So they're they're both cannabis plants. They're just different variations of the same thing. Jason, you're really interested in this weed, bro. I know. I, well, I mean, I just, I don't know anything about, like, plants or anything. Like, as far as I know, like, a, a marijuana plant is a marijuana plant. I, I don't know anything about, like, the, I didn't know idea that hemp was, like, a male. <laughs> uh, you are the worst version of Joe Rogan. I, dude, I, <laughs> here's the, I don't smoke because, like, I'm the worst weed smoker on the planet. If I smoke, like, literally, my, I go to a different level of anxiety unforeseen by man. Like, I will question every decision I've made since birth and be like, I am the worst human on the planet. I must die before. Have you I ever am- done DMT? No, <laughs> uh, no, my bad, I, dude. I have a bad reaction to to stuff. Like I don't like to take anything. <laughs> okay, but the yeah, thing I, is, I, I'm, I, uh... I'm so tolerant. Like I have a high tolerance for for like uh, drugs and stuff. Like when I go, like the past couple times that I've had uh, kidney stones. Dude, they have to load me up with like an elephant shot full of like painkillers because they just don't work on me. I have a <laughs> weird body chemistry. I don't under- understand at all. It's probably because you're actually just a giant callus. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but Compton, dude, uh, something else really cool that I wanted to talk about is uh, I know that since you moved out to Demopolis, you've been doing stuff at, I believe it's the Crown of Comedy. And recently, you opened for Shane Gillis, who is known both notoriously and famously. Uh, yeah. Talk about opening for him, man. It was a blast. Um, yeah, big thank you to Crown of Comedy and uh, Michael Statham for making that happen. I had a night off and had heard good things about the Crown of Comedy, which is a club in Auburn, Alabama, that is you and wanted to go and you know show my support and all that good stuff my buddy michael statham was featuring for shane gillis and i had the friday night off so i went i got there they needed an opener they had a host and a feature and uh shane and i got lucky enough to uh luck into five minutes and uh shane really great everybody had great sets that night um my, I was a little nervous, so mine was meh. But yeah. um, everybody crushed. Shane was amazing. He's a really funny guy. I wasn't real funny with his, well, I wasn't real familiar with his material uh, until then. But I had heard about the the controversy, and uh, I really enjoyed his stuff. We had a great night, and after the show, um, he was hanging out. He ended up going to a bar with uh, with a bunch of locals, but. Um, before he left, he was kind enough to, to say some kind things and invited me back to perform the next night. And awesome. so I did and uh, got the blessing of him and the club to come back. And the second night, uh, went in with a, a plan for a tight five and had an opportunity in front of a, a good crowd to get a new recording and uh, get a credit on the books. 
and uh, hang out and watch a, a really, really talented comic work. It was really cool. That's amazing, dude, because all the controversy aside, like Shane Gillis got put in the position he was in because he was an amazing touring comic and he was already known before SNL, uh, you know, recruited him and then fired him. So, I mean, yeah. that that is an amazing credit to have on your record. What's the and controversy? I, I'm I'm kind of in the dark here. So, basically, uh, SNL hired this guy, and this had already happened. Uh, he, he said uh, a, a, a racial slur against Chinese people. Oh. You, oh. You, you, you know the, probably the one I'm referring to. I heard On a podcast, this. just kind of offhand. Uh, I don't think it was even recently. And, uh, yeah, they canned him for it, even though he'd already done it after they hired him. So they kind of did it just to make a point, and it, that's really what took him to the next level of fame. So wow. whatever. Well, I mean, everybody uses SNL to some end, and uh, that that kind of dealt those cards to him. But yeah, I mean, he was it was really good comic. His material was really good. There was nothing offensive in what he was doing at the time. I never went back and watched the the clip really, but yeah. but it. it it raises the concept of cancel culture and it's uh i think i think it's real to an extent but it's not like uh cancel culture is not career ending i don't think i think yeah. what's career ending are the things that bring cancel culture uh or that brings the attention of cancel culture so on in some way cancel culture is doing the work that the justice system and the government can't really do like it's it's a new level of zeitgeist intervention in in a way it's, it's a really crazy concept to think about and really, there's some validity and some not some you know and and it's so gray like that's why i i personally don't like it because every situation is different there's absolutely no black and white so you you ride the line and then the line changes and then you're in trouble yeah yeah and it's like, and you can only be canceled if you accept being canceled as well. Like yeah, Louis C.K. did not accept that shit. He was just like, "All right, I'm gonna keep touring," and yeah. now he's fucking, he's back essentially. Yeah, well, and a, and a lot of that gets into some interesting psychological stuff because, uh, in if we're the ones imposing the punishment on ourselves, you know, if you can't be canceled if you don't want to be canceled, then maybe the people that have been canceled, quote unquote uh did it to themselves or or yeah. thought that they deserved that in some way because maybe one thing that cancel culture is doing to some extent is bringing a level of accountability uh where it hasn't been before now for for good or bad uh that that's kind of what's happened um yeah. and i think there's a difference between holding someone accountable and telling them that they can't ever do something for the rest of their life like louis ck like louis is still a great comic. Uh, he may be a perv, he may be a creep, but he's still a good comic. As a matter of fact, yeah. those are the things that we've laughed about multiple times with him while he was on stage. Yeah. So, um, from a cultural standpoint, does he deserve some kind of, you know, wag of the finger? Did it need to be $38 million or whatever it was? That's a different question. Um, but it is, uh, it, there's a way for culture to voice its opinion on some of this stuff. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. 
I think yeah. trying to hold those people down forever is definitely a bad thing. But calling somebody yeah. else, calling somebody out, you know? Absolutely, and, man. I mean, I, I feel like everyone should be called out. Like, if you did something yeah. and you're being asked to own up to it, absolutely. But when someone apologizes and understands that they made a mistake, you can't just be like, okay, now you can never do stand-up yeah. comedy again. Yeah, like, I don't, that's not no. the solution. Yeah. Gotta be way back, eventually. That's that's always been my problem yeah. with it. Like like you said, I do believe that people need to be called out on their bullshit, and but I I, I do believe that people people change. You know, I mean, I'm not the same yeah. person I was ten, twelve years ago or twenty years ago. People change. I, people. I'm not the same person I was last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you know, I've I've said stupid shit in my life. To everybody says and does stupid shit throughout their life. I mean. Unless you're like an absolute abhorrent, horrible person, I mean, if you just make a mistake, take you know, take the hit, apologize, and move on, and we should all move on. I mean, unless you know it's completely out yeah. there, like if you rape somebody, then like that's that's kind of a different story. But yeah, if you're like fucking Chris D'Elia and there's text messages of you and sixteen year old girls, maybe you should kind yeah. of fucking you know. <laughs> <laughs> take yeah. a step back bud <laughs> yeah but well, and, other and, than and, that <laughs> there, should be, there should be some lines yeah there should definitely be some lines and of course we're talking about the average not the exceptions there are there are egregious mistakes that get made that there are no no path back from um uh, you know Kramer being one um yeah yeah and but then but then that leads to the thought that even then it brings in the debate of what you can and can't say on stage. And the ultimate decider of what you can and can't say on stage is always the audience. So if you can make something funny and the audience goes along with you, you can say whatever you want. Now, Joey if Diaz. The audience, yeah. If the audience gets large enough and somebody starts to dissent, then, then that's where the cultural conversation comes in. But it's a it's it's a wild concept. Sorry, that takes us down a long rabbit yeah. hole. I know. Well, we yeah, also have did. to learn. We also have to learn about nuance and intent, because right, you know, if you intend for something to be, like, I don't know. That's that's a long conversation for another show. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We've only oh, got well, eight minutes left, and we should spend those eight minutes talking about Compton. Uh, I believe that you have. A good bit of upcoming shows, Compton. Aren't you? Are you or are you not um, going to be opening for Chris Kattan? I believe you are. Yes, I am. Um, I've got four shows in the next two weeks. Uh, Chris Kattan will be Friday night, the 16th in Mobile. Uh, Chris will be there both nights, 16th and 17th at the Alabama Music Box. I will be in Pensacola on Saturday night at, I believe, Dolce and Gelato. Yes, sir. Uh, I'll be there with you. Yeah, with the Yikes Comedy Crew, Andrew Ferrara and those guys. And then this this week, I will be in Mobile Thursday night for my show at the Electric Piano Parlor. And then I'll be at the open mic at the Music Box after that on Thursday night. And then Friday night, we're taking the show from Mobile to Panama City. And um, and yeah, that's going to be the beginnings of our new little tour. Um, finally got enough of the... Gulf Coast showrunners together that our goal right now, which is very much in reach, is uh, to have a show uh, twice a month that runs four nights in four cities. 
nice. Ocean Springs, Mobile, Pensacola, and Panama City. And um, if all the pieces fall into place, we'll be doing that twice a month. And as soon as we get that cemented, um, I've already been talking to a few of the folks in Birmingham and uh, a couple other places. Atlanta might be on the radar to uh, mm. to fill up the other two weeks of the month. So, yeah, lots of big stuff happening. Um, and somewhere in the middle of that, I'm uh, going to grow a lot of hemp. <laughs> that sounds amazing, brother. You've always been one of the guys on the scene that's been able to make stuff happen like that, like putting together, you know, a, a big lineal run across the whole Gulf to all the places that you have. So that's, that's really amazing. And, and it's amazing that you're getting another credit on your record opening for Chris Kattan. And oh, yeah. uh, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, bud. <laughs> Thanks. Jay. I can't wait to see you again, Compton. It's been too long. Need to see you. Dude, in and, uh, thank you, Jason. And don't forget the, to tease at some point, we're going to do a mashup where we do burning the set list. Yes. And uh, yes. open mic at the same time. Yeah, we talked about this on my episode of Burning the I Set List, that. Jason. We, I, I know, we are I, definitely going to plan a crossover episode. I'm down. Whenever you guys are ready, I'm ready to do that. I am so ready. It's going to be fun. As soon as I figure out how to make our intro play the music, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I think that's going to do it for our show yeah. tonight. We only have five minutes left on the Zoom. Thank you so much, Compton, for coming on and talking with us for so long. and. Guys, if you're listening and you have not had a chance yet to see Compton Smith live, you have already heard his dates. Uh, I believe it's April 16th that he is going to be opening for Chris Kattan at the Alabama Music Box. So get your tickets now for that, man. Like, why not? Just just go see the man. And just follow him on, uh, uh, let's see, what you are. What's your uh, Twitter handle? It's uh, Obi-Wan. Kabowski. Obi-Wan Kabowski. Uh, Lebowski. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, pretty kind of. Obi Wan Kabowski. Yeah, Obi Wan Ka- Compton Smith and find all of that. Obi Wan and you can find all of it. Yeah, just look yeah. up Compton Smith, the whitest guy with the blackest name on on planet Earth. <laughs> right. And uh, me and Jacob will be at um, where are we playing again in, in uh, Pensacola at the. Uh, yeah, so in Pensacola, we are going to be at Coastal County Brewing Company. Yeah. Uh, I believe the. Date on that is the, the Monday the 19th. Uh, we're going to be over there in Pensacola. I know we have a lot of Pensacola listeners, so guys, please come out and see us. Yes. And this Sunday, uh, this should drop on Saturday. So if you're listening to this, come out tomorrow to District on the Green in Biloxi from 5 to 7. Me and Jason are going to be guest hosting a music open mic right out there on the field. There's going to be beer on tap, and there may or may not be a food truck. I'm not sure if it's official yet. <laughs> Uh, but please come see some great musicians. Come see me and Jason host, and it's going to be a fun time. Fantastic. If you want to email us, we're at openmicerspodcast at gmail.com, at openmicers on Twitter, and openmicerspodcast on Facebook. And thank you so much again to Compton Smith for coming on the show. You're always welcome here. One of our favorite people on the planet. So, Jacob, tell everybody good night. Good night. Good night. Thanks for having me. Yeah, 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 yeah